the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Zelensky addresses the U.N. Security Council. An effective U.N. with the ability to respond preventively to security challenges. Border Patrol braces for the end of a Trump-era law. That we could have 18,000, you've seen the numbers, 18 to 20,000 people a day coming into our country. The Biden administration fixes a glitch in Obamacare. With this change, it's estimated that 200,000 presently uninsured Americans are going to gain coverage. This is the Daybreak Insider Podcast, your first look at today's top stories for Wednesday, April 6th. I'm Mike Scott. More horror in Ukraine uncovered. Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky has told the U.N. Security Council that the Russian military must be brought to justice immediately for war crimes. The Ukrainian leader made his plea via video Tuesday as evidence continues to emerge of civilian massacres carried out by Russian forces on the outskirts of Kiev. Images from the town of Bucha have stirred global revulsion and led to demands for tougher sanctions and war crime prosecutions against Russia. Speaking through an interpreter, Ukrainian President Volodymyr Zelensky says change is needed at the U.N. if atrocities are to be avoided in the future. We must do everything in our power to pass on to the next generation an effective UN with the ability to respond preventively to security challenges and thus guarantee peace. Zelensky argued Russian forces must be held accountable. The Russian military and those who gave them orders must be brought to justice immediately for war crimes in Ukraine. Meantime, several Western nations expelled dozens more of Russia's diplomats and proposed further sanctions as they expressed their disgust at what they say are war crimes. European Commission President Ursula von der Leyen proposes a ban on coal imports from Russia in what would be the first EU sanctions targeting that country's lucrative energy industry. We will impose an import ban on coal from Russia worth 4 billion euros per year. This will cut another important revenue source for Russia. Secretary of State Antony Blinken says the U.S. and others are collecting evidence of what he calls a deliberate Russian campaign of murder and torture. In Ukraine. This uh, reinforces our determination and the determination of countries around the world to make sure that one way or another, one day or another, there is accountability for those who committed these acts, for those who ordered them. Blinken went on to say that efforts are underway to document what happened in Bucha. We're working as are others to put the evidence uh, together to support the efforts of the uh, Ukrainian prosecutor general to support the efforts of the uh, UN uh, Human Rights uh, Council's uh, Commission of Inquiry that we helped establish, uh, marshalling all of this, putting all of this together. Senator John Kennedy of Louisiana joined Fox News and 
He pulled no punches about what he believes is a failure of the Biden administration to stand with Ukraine. I don't want America to be the world's policeman, but I don't want Russia and China to be either. And I I just don't get the feeling that the Biden administration is truly committed to Ukraine winning this war and to the defeat of Russia. Kennedy argued that there is a lot more he believes that the Biden administration should be doing. We need to do more. The sanctions are tough, but the president knows they can be a lot tougher. We need to make them tougher. Number two, we need to give Zelensky the weapons that he needs. I'm not talking about American tanks or planes or troops, but but I'm talking about the the anti-aircraft, the anti-ship, ship the surface-to-air missiles, the tanks, the planes that our European allies have offered to provide, but President Biden has said no. Kennedy went on to say that the Biden administration refuses to let American gas and oil help out our European allies decouple from their dependency on Russian energy. We're not going to win this war unless we cut off Putin's cash flow. We're not going to cut off his cash flow unless we can get Europe to stop buying its oil and gas. Mm -hmm. Europe can't stop buying its oil and gas until we can help Europe fill the gap in terms of its oil and gas. Can we? Sure we can. But the president has got to take his boot off the throat of the oil and gas industry. The Biden administration sent out a memo instructing ICE prosecutors to dismiss older cases of illegal immigrants who are not considered public safety threats as the end of Title 42 is on the horizon. The backlog is said to number 1.5 million cases pending in immigration courts. With CDC recommendation, Title 42 was implemented during the pandemic as a way to mitigate the coronavirus pandemic. Now that the pandemic has waned, the Biden administration is ending the program. Progressives have demanded that the Biden administration end that program since taking office. The date set for Title 42 to end is May 23rd. More than 2.2 million illegal immigrants have been apprehended at the southern border since Joe Biden took office. That number could triple with the end of Title 42. Alyssa Tejas is a reporter for San Antonio's KENS 5 News and says Border Patrol agents are already gearing up for the expected influx of illegal immigrants. Commissioner Magnus says they're going to be working to move several things around in order to deal with this expected influx of migrants. That means working more closely with government agencies and moving personnel from place to place. Now, they'll also be working with more nonprofit organizations as well as faith-based entities to help care for these migrants and transport them. More ICE personnel will work with CBP to assist in processing migrants and DHS personnel who volunteered will assist with data and care. They also plan to add more short-term facilities to reduce overcrowding and maximize the use of ground and air transportation to move migrants to different sectors. The Biden administration also says they're expecting an increase of migrants at the border, but the delay in ending Title 42 will give officials time to prepare. Representative Roger Williams joined the Mark Davis show on 660 AM the answer in Dallas 
to discuss implications of the end of Title 42. The Border Patrol thing now thinks when, when we do away with Title 42 uh, that we could have 18,000, you've seen the numbers, 18 to 20,000 people a day coming into our country on top of everybody else that's being come through the border uh, that's not being tested. And uh, it's, it's a real problem. Williams also says the Biden administration is ignoring the Remain in Mexico policy, which makes the ending of Title 42 that much worse. And the other issue we got is the, uh, is, 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 the, is the Remain in Mexico policy, is a Trump policy that works that says you've got to stay in Mexico until you get a court date. You can't come over here and get your court date and never show up. Uh, and the Supreme Court has ruled that's, that should be law, but they're even ignoring that now. So between this, between the Title 42 policy that they're going to end and between the uh, Remain in Mexico policy that they're supposed to be doing, that's even more people that are coming through the in, in here. And we know about 50 or 60 countries people are, come, are representing as they run through here illegally. While Williams says that he would love to see more immigrants come to America, he emphasized that they need to come Legally, there's all kinds of reasons to secure the border. I mean, one of this is we all take an oath, and the president takes an oath to secure the borders. Uh, and so, but look, it's, it, we know what works. We know that a wall works. We know that having judges down there to give people due process to uh, get courts they they come to and send them back home to where they where they came from. We know Title Forty Two works. Uh, we know Remain in Mexico works. If we would just do all that again and remind people. So we want them to come to America. We want them to realize the American dream. But you do it through the ports of entry, not between the ports of entry. And you do it legally, not illegally. And you preserve our sovereignty, which we're losing every single day here in Texas. A warning shot for the Biden administration. Senate Minority Leader Mitch McConnell of Kentucky warns that President Biden will have to move to the center after the 2022 midterm elections if he expects to fill another vacancy on the Supreme Court should Republicans win back control of the Senate. You know, I'm not going to go forward with any prediction on what our strategy might be should we become the majority. What I can say with pretty great certainty is the president who ran as a moderate and who has governed as Bernie Sanders would, would have to spend the last two years of his term being a moderate. That means it's an open question whether Biden will be able to further shape the composition of the court if Democrats lose their thin margin in the 50-50 Senate, which they only control by virtue of Vice President Harris's ability to cast a tie-breaking vote. McConnell famously kept the seat of late Justice Antonin Scalia vacant for nearly a year in 2016 to prevent then-President Obama from filling it. At that time, Obama nominated then-D.C. Circuit Judge Merrick Garland, but McConnell refused to give him a hearing or a vote. This all comes as a final Senate vote for the confirmation of Judge Ketanji Brown-Jackson will come later this week. Barack Obama on Tuesday returned to the White House for the first time in more than five years to savor the 12th anniversary of his signature health care law, and try to give a boost to President Joe Biden's efforts to expand it. In remarks, President Biden says his administration is fixing a glitch in the Affordable Care Act's implementation. As a result, families will be saving hundreds of dollars a month. With this change, it's estimated that 200,000 presently uninsured Americans are going to gain coverage. Nearly one million Americans 
will see their coverage become more affordable. The former president says getting something like the ACA passed is a reason somebody like him runs for office. It was a high point of my time here because it reminded me and reminded us of what is possible. Under the current guidelines, reasonable employer-based health insurance is a disqualifying factor in applications for ACA assistance. Affordable has previously been defined as under 10% of income. However, those guidelines fail to account for skyrocketing premiums for individual family members on the same plan which are an increasing burden on low-income households. The proposed change would go into effect in January of 2023. The White House announces a plan to extend the pandemic pause on student loan repayments through August 31st. White House Press Secretary Jen Psaki says the administration is weighing further extending the moratorium on federal student loan payments. We look at and assess uh, what the needs are uh, for the people who are impacted uh, by the payment of student loans uh, as we make these assessments. Um, I would note that no one has been required to pay a single dime of federal student loans since the president took office. Critics weighed in, saying that extension is bad for the U.S. economy. Isabel Morales, a policy communications specialist for the Americans for Tax Reform, joined the Hills rising to discuss student loan debt repayment moratoriums. The Biden administration should not extend this moratorium beyond May 1st. And that's because this policy has costed taxpayers $100 billion so far and continues to cost them an additional 4 to $5 billion each month that it's still in place. Morales also says that extending the moratorium will already compound high inflation. First of all, it's unbelievable that the president alone can spend this amount of taxpayer money without further congressional approval, which really just reads as executive overreach. Also, this policy worsens our out-of-control inflation which most recently hit 7.9%, the highest it's been in 40 years. This policy is fundamentally unfair. It's a slap in the face to Americans who have already paid off their debts, those who decided to work throughout their schooling, even Americans who joined the military to pay for their education. To make matters worse, the moratorium primarily benefits higher-income Americans at the expense of low- and middle-income taxpayers. So... At this point, especially with Democrats starting to signal that they're ready to move on from strict COVID policy, there's absolutely no reason to keep this moratorium in place. Starbucks founder Howard Schultz has returned to the company as interim CEO. Daybreak Insider's Jeremy House has details on the coffee giant returning to the old hand to try and stabilize the company. Among his first actions was suspending Starbucks' $20 million share buyback program to invest more profits in employees and stores. The pivot in strategy comes just three weeks after Starbucks announced that Schultz would be taking over the company's top role until it finds a permanent CEO. Schultz could be feeling some heat from a growing unionization effort. Tiger Woods says he's planning to play in the Masters. 
Daybreak Insider's Mike Hempen has that late-breaking story. Woods made the announcement Tuesday morning, saying as of now he intends to play in the tournament, which begins Thursday. It was a little more than a year ago when Woods nearly lost his leg in a car crash. Woods plans to play nine more practice holes on Wednesday before making a final decision. And he thinks if he plays, he can win the tournament. Woods has won the Masters five times. He says the biggest challenge will be walking the 72 holes over a four-day period. But he thinks he'll be up to it. I'm Mike Hempen. And finally, the International Space Station is set to welcome on board four new colleagues from Houston-based startup Axiom Space, the first all-private astronaut team ever flown to the orbiting outpost. Axiom CEO Michael Sufradini says this is an historic moment. You know, Axiom Space uh, was uh, was really formed uh, to make space more accessible to everyone, uh, and this is really does represent the first step where uh, a bunch of individuals who want to do something meaningful in low Earth orbit uh, that aren't members of a government are able to uh, to take this opportunity. Sue Frandini goes on to say that this flight will be the first step of Axiom Space launching a whole new avenue of commercial space flight. It's really a precursor mission to uh, a space station, a fully commercial space station that uh, we are developing, uh, the first module of which will launch in uh, late 2024. Mission Commander Michael Lopez-Alegria says that after his long career as a NASA astronaut, he's excited to help in opening up space travel to more people. This is a, this is a uh, opening a new era in human spaceflight. We are taking the first step in a next generation platform initiative that's going to bring working, living, and research in space to a much broader um, and more international audience. I think um, any time you get to go to space is an amazing opportunity, and it's ever sweeter for me looking having looking back on my career um, as a NASA astronaut and having savored those experiences over the years. And for somebody who, when I left NASA 10 years ago, I became a uh, very strong advocate for and believer in commercial spaceflight in general, commercial human spaceflight in particular, this is borderlines on, on storybook for me. If all goes well, the quartet, led by the retired NASA astronaut Al Gria, will launch from the Kennedy Space Center in Florida on Friday and arrive at the space station about 28 hours later as their SpaceX-supplied Dragon capsule docks at the ISS some 250 miles above Earth. Subscribe to the Daybreak Insider podcast at Apple or Google Podcast, Spotify, or SalemPodcastNetwork.com. Get our companion Daybreak Insider newsletter each morning at DaybreakInsider.com. Ongoing coverage of breaking news and commentary at SRNNews.com and TownHall.com. Thanks for starting your day with us. I'm Mike Scott. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn. 
deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal record to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.